Leave your baggage at the door. Don't take your work problems home. And just put that aside for right now. We've all heard these phrases, but how often are we really able to do this? And for those of us in public service and healthcare, how do we set aside our home life struggles to give the community our best? How do we bounce from one call to the next? And then at the end of a shift, how do we set aside everything we've seen and done, all that we've given that day to go home to our families? Feel the feeling, but don't become the emotion. Witness it, allow it, release it. Crystal Andrus. All right. Hey, uh, hey, friends, we are back. It's Abby and Jen. Yay. Um, so we are coming back to do kind of a follow up. Um, hopefully you guys caught episode two, which um, has yet to be named. So maybe we'll name that one sooner or later. I don't know. No, we'll maybe see. it's just episode two. Simple, right? We're simple people. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't laugh. Just kidding. Um, anyway, so we got into a discussion um, a couple of days after, I guess, we recorded that one. Um, and we were talking about, um, just talking about the things that you go through and then how you still have to kind of put all that away because you got to go do life and work or kids or whatever's coming up. Um, and so Jen had the idea that maybe we talked a little bit about um, compartmentalizing things. And Which how. I always jack up saying that word. So I'm really glad that you just had to say it <laughs> because you did it flawlessly. <laughs> Do it again. Say it again, Abby. Compartmentalizing. Ooh. I think I try to add like extra syllables. It's like that the was Mufasa very thing though. You know, yeah, I, got I, you. Oh, yes. I, I needed I needed you to get that or I was going to be really disappointed and it might have ended our friendship. Compartmentalizing. High five. so hard to say. Or fist bump. Sorry. COVID era. We did not just high five. It was, no, it was a high five. Sorry. You didn't see it, though. Nope. It's fine. We're safe. Didn't happen. Um, anyway. Yeah. So. So, yeah. So, compartmentalizing. Now I'm going to mess it up the whole time. Um, so, compartmentalizing, right? Because um, we can't walk around all day with everything we have going on all over us. So, like, shifting our stories, right? Like, our interactions totally shift our moods and shift our lives and shift our experiences in some way but at some point too like we have to be able to find a way to like put up a boundary yep. or set it aside yeah yeah well especially in you know in, I think in probably anybody's line of work right but I mean you're at home during the day with four kids yeah they're Lord not knows. all mine by the yeah. way, but they're not all hers, but sometimes, right? You have more than four because there've you're... been we've been known to have like nine, and my husband's just like, where do all these where kids they come keep from? coming from? Well, because you're super nice, and anytime we've had an issue, you're like, oh, bring them here, bring them on, more so... is easier. But no, totally, like I'll have to deal with stuff during the day, and it might be kids stuff, or it might be grown up stuff, or it might be just life stuff. Right. But you totally have to find a way to like take what you're doing, set your emotions and what you're dealing with aside so you can handle X, Y, and Z. And I know that, I mean, I had to do that at the hospital when I was working there, of course. And I know you do that every single day at work. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, um, our husbands, you know, um, 
If you're tuning in on episode three, first off, shame on you. Go back and catch one and two. They're awesome. Um, but so our husbands are both police officers. Um, you know, and I, paramedic here, and yeah, we, we gotta, you have to set stuff aside, right? Like, I can't, if I'm having a bad day because my kids are sick or because hubby and I had a fight or, you know, whatever, I can't go into work and let that be my overwhelming presence or my overwhelming thoughts and try to go in and and be saving somebody and miss something, right? Like, I can't, I can't not save your loved one's life because I was thinking about the fight I had with hubs. That's, that's not okay. I can't justify that. I can't rationalize that at the end of the day and be okay with that. Right. But in the same token, you also can't just set that fight with your husband aside just to go with your example and then never go back and deal with it. Right. So, like, in my head, I... No? That's not super healthy? Well, I mean, you could do that, and I'm sure that that is fairly successful for lots of people for great periods of time, but I would venture to say from personal experience and experiences of others that at some point that catches up with you. Sure. And at some point you have to pick it up and deal with it, whether you're picking it up after your patient interaction and you're going to work through it if you've got some time or if you're going to pick it up at the end of the day when you can maybe go home and have a conversation with him. Right. Or if you're letting it sit and simmer till you both have cooler heads and calmer hearts and calmer mouths maybe (laughs) i mean but at some point right right you have to pick up all those pieces that you put in that box and cope with them in some way right so jen asked that when we were having this conversation the other day jen asked the question and posed it and i had never really thought of it i guess that way but it was the way she said it was so you said you know we've got our baggage right and obviously Every employer in work says, you know, hey, set your baggage at the door. Don't bring your baggage into work. Like, that's great, but there's, it comes, right? Like, it trickles over. It comes in with me because it just does. Um, But, so I get called. We get sent on a chest pain, and it's a dude having, you know, a heart attack or whatever, you know, you having kids to take care of, the hubby's having a car wreck to go deal with, whatever the case may be. So we set that baggage down how much of that baggage do we pick back up, right? Um, and is it healthy to pick all of it back up? Is it healthier to maybe sit back at that point and go, okay, like, is is all of that necessary, right? Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I think it, it, you do have to, like, you do have to process that, right? It's not healthy to just set it aside, leave it at the baggage claim, and deuces, I'm out. I don't... I'm not coming back for that. Like, that's unhealthy. That will come back to haunt you. Um, All the science out there says you have to process your stuff. Um, I'd go all nerdy science on you, but I won't. I promise. Um, I just think that stuff's really cool. You're welcome to email Abby for citations. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, like, so you've got to process you, so you have to process your stuff. Your bad, your good, all of your stuff has to get processed to get stored into your long-term memory or else it comes back, right? So that's why we get 
PTSD. That's why we have issues down the line. Um, so yeah, what, what do we pick back up? When do we pick it back up? And then what do we do with it? Right. Right. Like, okay. So I had that run. It was kind of bad, but maybe husband's at work too. It probably not the proper time to call him and pick the fight back up where we left off. Right. Like, right. Hey, let's start over. Well, and then to add, let's add another dimension to this. We'll peel back that onion a little more. You finish your run. You are trying to figure out, you know, how to process it. You really need husband available. In the meantime, it's not like he's sitting back doing a really easy job. Right. He's probably doing a lot of really heavy stuff that he's also processing. And it's not like we're just working through home life and working through or working through work life. Like things are happening in both places that both require processing and they both require that attention and oh my gosh how draining is that sometimes just to say to have so many things right that you have to pick up and attend to and that that, like that metaphor of you know I'm juggling so many balls and which which ones do I keep going and which ones I don't juggle balls. I spin plates and let them crash. Mm -hmm. And then I pick up some of the pieces and glue some of them back together and sweep the rest of them up. Yeah, but you're crafty. (laughs) She's like crafty mom. I'm a juggler. I do know how to juggle. (laughs) We'll post a video one day. I promise. It's entertaining. Um, But yeah, you know, like what, what do you have to keep going, right? Like at the end of the day, what has to keep functioning? Right. So what's the answer to that? In your, in your life. Oh, right? Like, I mean, I feel like it's the stuff that is going to continue to have an impact, right? Right. Um, and not to get into any gory details, just because I won't, but, I mean, Abby and I were just having this conversation a little bit ago about something that happened today, and, you know, the kind of some of her words of wisdom in regards to that were, if it's not going to have a lasting impact, then it's okay to just leave it be. Right. And then if it does happen to come back, right, because sometimes things kind of creep sure. back in unexpected ways, then you can pick it up and you can kind of deal with it again, maybe in a different way or with a f- fresh set of eyes or some new resources, maybe. Um, but if it's not going to have a lasting impact, right. perhaps that is an okay thing to truly set aside. Um, but maybe we need to come up with some examples of, like, specific yeah. Work examples. Do you have one off the top of your head? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I obviously, um, working in the EMS, we make some, you know, we make some rough stuff. We see some bad things and, um, without going to like crazy details. I mean, I can think of times when I've gone to work and I've been irritated with husband over something that probably wasn't huge, but at the time maybe it was big or it felt big. Sure. Um, you know, and then, you know, we make runs and, um, you know, you pull up on somebody that it's a car wreck and they don't make it. Or, um, you know, I think especially like when I was flying, um, we, we made, we didn't get called obviously, unless it was really bad. Right. Um, if you're not familiar, she means flying in a helicopter. (laughs) Sorry. Um, I did helicopter EMS before coming back to a ground unit. Um, 
But yeah, you know, we made some wrecks that were real bad, and I I would always let my mind kind of wonder, you know, where does their family think they are right now, right? Like, yeah, does their family know that? Does their family have any idea this has even happened? Yeah, right. And so then I kind of always think, you know, like there have been fights that we've had that I probably have completely let go because when something like that's happened, then I start thinking, you know, like this is the bigger picture. The of fight over some, uh, the fight over what we were having is that's real dumb. You know, that's real dumb. Like, yeah, I don't want like that doesn't need to be something we fight about. Well, and it that's sounds just, like in that example. Not that everybody has to know what you're fighting about, but I mean, <laughs> I mean it, <laughs> but in that example, that is something that obviously, like, whatever you were arguing about or fighting about was more of a disagreement, right? Not right, something not that like was a, going to have a lasting impact on your life or your relationship right. or your family's life. It was more, it sounds like maybe just a difference of opinion mm-hmm. that then when you kind of came to realize, no, I. I don't need to, I can pick my battles and that one is one I can let go. Well, I think, you know, talking about compartmentalizing and, and how we do that. And I mean, I tell you what, I think, and I, I mean, not that I can speak for any of the other emergency services because I don't do policing or fire. Um, but I'd have to argue that, you know, EMS is probably, I mean, you want to talk to somebody about compartmentalizing, like we're probably at the top of it, you know, like we see people in their last moments and we see people after their last moments because we have to go in and say they're dead and that's you know that takes a toll on people um you know you don't you don't forget those images that quickly right right so Um, not only do you have to like put away your personal stuff for a minute to be able to go into work you then also have to be able to kind of find a way to put away what happened at work. To go home to your family. To go home to your family or to go to your next run. Sure. I mean, yeah. just because you make one horrific call doesn't mean that your day's done. Right, right. Wait, and the oh. next person deserves... Your a, full attention. Your full attention and an open mind mm-hmm. and... Because you don't know what you're walking into. Right, and... You know, we're as a as a profession. I think EMS is getting better about realizing that you know, hey, we we really need to talk about what we do and what we see, and we need to walk away from that mentality of you know, suck it up, Buttercup. This is your job. This is what you do. You'll be fine. Yeah. Um, you know, that's not healthy to just suck it up all the time. No, it's not. And um, you know, I I mean, I've been in this for nineteen years, and like. I, I do. I think that when I first started, it was kind of, that was the mentality. It was like, this is just what we see. This is what we do. Um, we see the worst and we know that we know there's better, right? But we see the worst and we just deal with it. Um, and there's been a whole lot of work with um, mental health and PTSD and how do we work through that? How do we process all that? Which again, I nerd out on, like, I think that's fascinating. Um, and it, it's becoming easier to talk about. It's becoming more of a, like, an okay thing, you know? Well, and I think it's one thing, I applaud y'all for, like, talking about it more, but then it makes me wonder, what does your department do about that? Because 
before I stayed home, right, I was working as a music therapist with oncology patients and basic definition of that for anybody listening who might not have any idea what that means is that I used music as a therapeutic tool to help these individuals. It's used in a variety of settings, but specifically in my situation for oncology patients and their families, or I did work on like general medical units in the hospital too, but it, we used medical or sorry, musical interventions to help with medical issues, whether it was pain, sometimes it was the emotional support, those coping mechanisms of what was going on. And something that I had, just for the record, I picture you coming in and singing like Kumbaya and holding hands. Yes, and... stop, don't do that. You're spreading a bad rap. <laughs> no, well, I love you. And I use uh, <laughs> I humor t- inappropriately because that's what I do. <laughs> totally walked around the hospital with a guitar on my back and a whole bag of instruments or a cart full of stuff. Tell me you had the flower headband and you walked around waving peace signs too. Stop. You're making me look bad. I could no, never make you look bad. Beautiful. This is a legitimate, legitimate thing that required lots of training and ongoing practice I tease and education. Her, but as someone who had a family member or that was very sick for a long time. I also can totally respect that. And I, I get it, you know, and I see the value that, um, like palliative care and those kind of things. Sure. Um, I like, I, and I totally applaud you for that. Cause <laughs> that is not my jam. I need the lights and the sirens and the 20 minutes screaming to the hospital. Right. And then you can like check out and move on. And to the next then I'm thing. on to the next one. So the point of me bringing that up though, was that in my position, I was very, very thankful to have some freedom in not only being able to work with the patients and their families, but I also was able to like work with the nurses. And so, um, you know, we had a massage therapist that worked with us. We had aromatherapy that we in integrated into I am in the wrong this end of program. Um, I mean, it was it was truly like an integrative That's healthcare really cool. experience, which was awesome. And it's a bummer that it wasn't. Maybe it is at this point, but at that point, it was only for the oncology patients and their families, which was so necessary. But think about how many other families right. and patients could use that. But again, my point is <laughs> that I was able to specifically like go check in with the nurses. Hey, are you doing okay? Hey, I know that this is your patient and I've been working with them for a really long time and I know the ins and outs. And so I know that you're probably also struggling right now. What can I do to support you? And so many times the nurses would say, hey, Jen, if you have a few minutes, can you just sit in the nurse's station and just play some music? Like give us something to distract our minds, but to go a little nerdy like Abby likes to suggest. I mean, we all know that music can pump us up or it can bring us down, right? Oh, yeah. And so I could very purposely sit in the nurse's station and play music that was going to help maybe calm their respiration rates, calm the nurse's heart rates, and, like, give them truly an ability to relax, even though they're sitting there charting or getting medicine ready to administer or, you know, thinking about the next 12 things they had to do to care for this really 
sad situation or maybe a really exciting one, depending on where their patients were in their treatment or what was going on. But I really appreciated, long story short, having the opportunity to not only work with patients, but to also have the opportunity to assist their nurses and the staff because clearly you can get burnt out. So now I go back to my question, like, awesome job in that world that that you guys are like recognizing and being able to talk about it. Do your departments do anything to support you? Yeah, so obviously we all have, um, well not obviously I guess, we all have an EAP program, employee assistance program. I yeah, guess. Um, sure. Most most employers yeah. of, of like a big nature and they, do, um, I feel like. You know, if you need it, you can they'll get you in touch with counseling or whatever. Um, but that's still well, and so here's my problem with that, right? Like if I need to go talk to somebody about a run that went sideways or that I just can't shake. EAP is not going to help immediately. I don't want to have to sit down and tell you why it bothered me. Well, and it's also, right? like, you're going to have to call and make an appointment that might be three weeks down the line. Right. Well, I think, I, I think my understanding is they're pretty good about trying to help you out pretty quickly. Okay. But my argument with that is, do you know what I do? Sure. Like, have you ever been to a firehouse? Let's start there. Have you ever even walked into a firehouse? Well, and I feel like a lot of people could say, I can sit and say, I could say what a paramedic does. Right. But do I know all the depths of it? Right. Like, do you get it? Because here's the thing. Like, if I need to come and if I need to to talk to somebody about a bad run I had, I call my people. Right. I call another friend of mine who also does this job because they get it. Right. They've done it. They've probably had that run. Right. And I don't have to explain to them why it was a bad run. Right. right. I can tell them I had this, this, and that that happened. And they can just go, crap, man, that's heavy. Like, what What else do you need? Like, let's talk through it. You know, what about it was this or that? Um, I, I don't want to go... And sit with somebody that I have to explain, like, okay, well, so we went on this run, and um, so when we go in, I'm the only paramedic, which means I'm the only one that can do the drugs, and I'm the only one on scene that can do this, and I don't want to have to explain all of that to somebody, right? Because <laughs> there goes my first hour session yeah. explaining to you what I did, right? Um, so I know there is um, a department in town um, that has... They kind of, I don't know exactly what their titles are, um, but for years they've come up and they've hung out at the fire department. They've rode out on calls with them. They've made house fires and hung out. Um, they've just come up and sat around at dinner time or at the coffee table in the morning. Mm-hmm. Like So they're integrated somewhat, right? So if the, those fire guys have a bad fire and maybe there's a victim of a house fire, they immediately have someone they can bring in and sit down and let's chat. What's up? And when you say immediately, like, do you mean like that same day, that same shift as quickly like, as they can get there? Yes. Because. Yeah, no, that that crew, um, and I can't speak for everyone, but that crew specifically, um, absolutely immediately. They would be waiting for them at the firehouse when they got back. See, that's awesome. And it kind of eliminates that need to compartmentalize, right? Well, because they're able to process through it right away. But what we've also learned... Um, so there's um, 
there's a really cool doc out there. Um, Dr. Tani Glenn, she's amazing. She has several books out. Look her up. She's on Facebook. Um, lots of books. She's amazing. I love her. Um, she's not in, um, she's not local or else I would be like all over her. Oh my gosh. Yes. I'm like so fangirl. It's probably, it's a little crazy, but anyways, um, her practice is all for first responders, which I like, I just love it. Right. Um, they go out and they ride with, they ride on the police cars, they ride on the med units, they ride on the fire trucks, they are hanging out in the stations. They get it, right? Mm -hmm. They're building those relationships with their clients prior to their clients needing them. Sure. So the idea then is that when you have that bad run... You don't have to do the explaining. You can jump right into the Right, issue. and so what, what their practice kind of does is they set up stuff with departments prior to anything ever happening, right? So your department can say, hey, we want to set up um, a peer support team with you. And they come out and they will train people in your department to be first-line peer support. Mm -hmm. So if your department has a line of duty death or um, a mass casualty incident where, you know, there's a lot of tragedy, you already have people on the ground who are trained. Sure. And then they will bring in the professionals, yeah. To start helping out with that. That's awesome. Because um, the, the other thing that we know about first responders is we don't do the sit in a room and hold hands and let's talk about our feelings and everybody pass the stick and tell me what you think, right? Like, we don't do that. It's well, just... in nature of your job, you don't have the time to do... Right. Even if you wanted to sit and have a group therapy session, which has a lot of value, right? Depending on... Sure. ...the situation, you don't have that ability because you have to go... We gotta go You literally else. have to deal with this in the moment. Choose whether you can process through it really quickly or if you need to set it aside to come back to... And then go to your next run. Right. And maybe on slower days, like when you're not getting back-to-back -back calls, that's not... Maybe you have a little bit more ability to kind of... Yeah. But even like, like so on like big events, you know, floods, earthquakes, um, like the mass shootings, um, stuff like that, um, the, we just don't... The chances that you're going to get a bunch of us to sit in a room together and talk about what went down and how we all feel about it, or, you know, hey, man, I yeah, I went home and, and I couldn't sleep for three days. Like, we're probably not going to do that, well, you know? But, but on the flip side of that, if you give us a chance to get in smaller groups where we're comfortable... Yeah. Um, we'll, sh you know, people will talk and we'll share things and... Um, and I think really down at the core of it, we want to, you know, like we want to get that stuff out. Like nobody wants to drag that stuff home with them for weeks or months or years. Like we all want to get it out. But you um, have to feel safe and comfortable doing so. Right. And just like anybody else, you need that safe, usually probably a slightly smaller space. You're not going to be in an auditorium with a whole bunch of other people. Right. You know, and I like, um to like get a little specific I guess like when I was um I guess it was pretty early in my paramedic career I had only been a medic probably probably a year or two I guess um and we made a pretty bad run on 
uh, like a four, he's 13 or 14. Um, and we got there. He was still alive when we got there, got in the hospital, did everything I could. And it just, I mean, we weren't going to be able to save him. Like there was nothing we could have done. Yeah. I know that. I knew that at the time it just sucked. I mean, it was right. It sucked, you know, and this is way before I had kids. Um, I wasn't even kids were not on the radar, you know? Um, but he was awake enough and we made eye contact and we talked. Um, and I don't know, I guess probably at the time, like I, I didn't know how to process things, you know, like what I knew was that was my first run of the shift and (laughs) we're busy. Yeah. I gotta go make some more runs, you know, like, so here we go. Um, and we didn't, we didn't sit down and talk about things. We didn't do stuff like that. Um, and a couple of days later, um, his weekend went out, um, to one of the local places with some friends. Um, and I had a couple beers. We were all hanging out, you know, and, um, this, uh, busboy guy walked through the restaurant or the um, place and looked exactly like my patient. I mean, like, exactly like my patient. Bam, that hit you out of nowhere. Stared at me. We made eye contact and, like, sober, nauseous, and had to go home. And I couldn't talk about it. I didn't know... You didn't even know how to describe... Like, I don't know well, that you and would the, have known how to say what no, was going on. No, and the friends that I was with were not public service friends. So they wouldn't have really... So how do I explain to that you that I have to go home now because the kid that just walked through here looks like the kid from... Yeah. yeah I, it's a lot. And how do I do that without making... Without ruining your... Everyone else's night, right? Like, I right. don't want to be... <laughs> I don't want to be everybody's buzzkill either. Like, right. so... You know, like, I don't know, like, how do you, how do you deal with that? And probably back then, I didn't know how to deal with that. Um, On the flip side of that, now, um, knowing a little more, um, I think I'm a little better about, I have that thought now of, okay, you probably ought to deal with this, like, and not probably, like, you got. You need to deal with this. You got to process it somehow. Sure. Right. Um, and like just the other. Day, and I think I've, I'm better now too at recognizing that in other people. Um, and anytime our department makes a run on, especially pediatric patients, um, but anything that kind of sounds rough, um, even if I'm not on shift, I always try to make sure to reach out to the crews. Mm-hmm. Um, and not as a blanket, hey guys, if you need something, holler at me. But like, I will try to, you know, individually, hey man, like, you, are you doing okay? Like, you know, if you need something, you know, yeah, let me know. Um, Which gives people the opportunity to say no, because we don't always have to hash it out out loud, right? Like, sometimes right. processing it and dealing with it truly is like acknowledging that maybe somebody checked in or acknowledging that something happened 
And taking a deep breath and just continuing well, on. Well, and I think sometimes... It doesn't always have to be a deep process. No, and I think sometimes just knowing that someone else acknowledges that you went through something... Makes a huge difference. ...is processing enough, yeah. right? Like, just the acknowledgement of somebody else going, dude, that was a lot. Yeah. Like, are you good? And and you... And it's it's like... Well, validate like that me what giving you're... you permission to go. That was heavy. Like that was. Yeah. That took a lot out of me, and and for whatever reason, someone else saying, "Girl, you like you're allowed to have a minute." That's. Are you good? And that gives you that space to go. Okay, you know what? Like. Yeah, I am. I think I am. Like, okay, cool. Or, but at least, or no, or no I'm not. Yeah. Either way, like that opens that door for me to say yes or no but it's like I'm gonna go back to it it's like giving you permission to have your feelings right like we've moved past that suck it up buttercup to hey man whatever your feelings are right now is cool right and we don't have to call it feelings right like are you good right like yeah so in in 10 codes in emergency 10 codes it's 1086 means are you okay right right and sometimes it's as simple as looking at your buddy and like you know you 1086 man yeah i'm good and and like maybe if we're out with a big crowd and no one else is public service i can look at my friend do you 1086 yeah i am cool and no one else has to know what we just talked about right but i've checked in on you and and if nothing else, you know that I was aware of something, and if you have a moment where you're not... I can come back to that later. You know that I, I have a heads up, right? Yeah. And it's okay for you to come back and go, hey, girl, I need to... Can we can we sidebar for a second? Yeah. So I don't know what we actually, like, accomplished just now about compartmentalizing, aside from acknowledging that well, we all have, have to. to do it. Yeah, like I think you have to for so long, but then I do think you have to I mean not, not I think you have to. Science says you have to come back and deal with things or else they come back and bite you in the ass like tenfold. I would like the scientific study that literally says those <laughs> words. <laughs> okay, it doesn't say that, but um I'll write one up for you. I know I appreciated yeah. your summary. Um, yeah. This is, it's Abby science for you. Um, but yeah, like, I mean, you, you have to, if you don't, I mean, I could go all science. If you don't move it out of your prefrontal cortex into, I don't know, somewhere else no, in the back of your brain. But I feel like but that's yeah, something like, that general human being like, we all know it's that, like, right? Here you go. It's like moving, right? So we've, we've all moved. You pack your boxes, right? I pack my box up and I move it to the new house. And then I leave it sitting there. And then it just sits there. It doesn't disappear. No, it's not going anywhere. And you know what? In 10 years, it's still there. And now it's got 10 years worth of dust and dirt and ick on it. No, 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 And no. then when I open it, Lord knows what comes out, right? That being said, sometimes we can do that, though, right? Sometimes we can have it this. It depends on what it is. Well, right. We can have this box. We can move it. Don't we argue can with my never analogy. No, no, I'm not I'm arguing. <laughs> I'm I'm reinforcing that like you're right. We totally have to unpack things, but there are some things such as a goofy argument with your husband that right. you were referring to earlier that truly don't require unpacking. You had right. to maybe even just forcing yourself to set it aside 
was processing enough and for that. And kind of looked at you and said, really, girl? Right. And like, so when you do move that box and it just sits there for 10 years, maybe you unpack it or maybe you never do. But even if you do open it back up and look at it, you can be like, oh, whatever. I don't well, then you don't want to unpack it because then you look at it and go, oh, that was so dumb. Well, yeah, but it doesn't, like, right, that was one of those instances that didn't have a lasting impact, which is kind of what we sure. said in the beginning. Like, yeah. the stuff, and sometimes we what don't matters. know in the moment. I think it all comes back, what matters. Right. Right? And I think that... And what matters to you might be totally different sure. than what matters to, well, not different than what matters to me, because, no, Abby, what matters to you matters to soul me. Soul sisters. But... It's going to, different things are going to affect different people in different ways. And so while you might be able to go on a really bad run and deal with it in that moment, move on. If I was on a ride along that day, I might not be able to just deal with that and move it on. I might have to unpack it, whereas you're able to just continue on. And so I think everybody kind of has to decide that for themselves. On that, you know, talking with that, like I have had partners that um and it at the time like I I really thought it bugged me and I guess I didn't I I wasn't able to step out of it long enough to look at the difference right um but we've made I have made some pediatric runs um and, and I I mean I would assume I don't have to explain that those stick with you worse because they're kids and kids aren't supposed to get sick and kids aren't supposed to die and we know it happens and you just like, I don't want to be there when it happens, you sure. know? Like, that's just not... Especially right now, I have little kids. Not that it was better before I had kids, but it's, you know, those are hard. Um, but I have had partners in the past that when we got done with those runs, they were quicker to be able to wrap it up and move on. Mm-hmm. And I, I would sit there and think, God, did that, like, aren't you a little, like... I don't know, like, I'm I'm still in that. I'm still there, and I don't, I don't know how to pull myself out of that as quickly. Um, and I have had partners who said, no, I get that that bothers you more than me. And then I thought, like, what? Like, how does that not bother you as much? But looking back, I can realize, like, they weren't in the back of the truck with me, right? Their job was to drive us to the hospital. Well, Which that, I'm not diminishing. Like, super important. Your job is to keep all of us safe and get us there. But you and I had two completely different experiences with that run. You had two super different experiences, but you also have different experiences leading up to that, too, in yeah. your life. And how... Well, but, like, the, I mean, at the time, at, when early on in my career, at least, I didn't have kids. And the one partner had kids. So... In my mind, if it was going to bother one of us, it, it should have bothered, bothered her. you know, that partner more. Yeah. Um, but again, I think a lot of it was that partner was not in the back seeing sick baby. Sure. Right? Whereas I'm in the back looking at sick baby thinking, oh, I got to do like all the things and I need to do them all now and I only have two hands. And yeah. So it was and the same we're going s- 95 down the highway and yeah, I got to stay safe and... You're on the same call, but like you said, you had two totally yeah. different experiences even within that moment. Yes. For sure. And, it, you know, it's it's interesting, I think, you know, to see people's, you know, we're in the same situation. And yet, yes, we've got those completely different mm-hmm. deals. 
Well, and I think the cases that stuck with me the most when I was working, um, the art therapist that I worked with, and I saw so many young adult patients, and there was no resources at the time for them. Like, there's stuff for kids. There's, I mean... Google search like resources for kids with cancer. There's tons of stuff, right? right? There's commercials on TV for stuff. Because we want to fix it. Right. Because little kids shouldn't and, be sick. And there's tons of stuff for older adults. Right. But at that point in time, if you're a 20 or young 30 year old and you get diagnosed with cancer, you're like, there's. Well, because you're not supposed I'm to be sick. I'm all either. by myself. You're not supposed to be sick. You're I'm supposed, supposed to, be to be in college or right. starting a job or starting you a family. You should be a productive member of society. And I'm sure by now, I mean, this was several years ago, so I'm sure by now that culture has changed a little. I hope by now that culture has yeah. changed a lot. But long story short, then, we, we started a, a group for, like, we specifically focused on young adults. And those were the ones at that point in life that really hit me the most because well, that's like kind of where you were though, that right? was exactly where I was I mean that was right. my age group these are my peers and so that was an I could have talked about that for 40 minutes about <laughs> compart I mean how do you go and walk in yeah. with your peers and lead them through this experience that you haven't gone through yourself but yeah. I've got all this I've got all this experience and I can help you get through it you just have to kind of trust me right in the moment and that process but, I mean, the patient that was the one that will forever stick with me, that, I mean, he was 26 when he passed away. Um, and you're just not, that's not supposed to happen. It's not supposed to happen. <laughs> no. And I kept working after that for a while, but that was, at that point, that was like, okay, I, I'm ready to stay home now. And, yeah, <laughs> you know, but... But I think those are the things that... They stick with you for sure. And they hit you. All that being said, somebody else could have walked into those patients' rooms and had completely different experience, sure. right? But just because maybe it's my personality or maybe it's because the life stage that I was at or maybe it was because I was digging deep with these people and that you were coming in to, to take care of maybe a more surface need, mm -hmm. you know... Right. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, I like I see that now with, um, you know, because dad was sick. Sure. Right? Yeah. Um, so my dad got sick uh, about a year and a half ago, um, like real sick, spent some time in the hospital, some time in rehab, home for a little bit back in the hospital before he passed away. Um, and throughout all that, I was still going to work every day. Yeah. Um, and for a really big chunk of that time um i was fortunate enough that my district was uh hit the hospital he was at and the rehab place he was at was in my district so you could swing over there well so i spent we were either on a run or we were at the hospital or at the rehab place sure. with him um and i was fortunate enough that i had an amazing partner who <laughs> didn't was okay mind, spending her time there yeah that didn't mind hanging out either at those places or in the truck waiting for me while i was in in those places you know um and that work was cool with us being there and that was fine um but you know it was i mean now there was a lot of car compartmentalizing that went on at that oh, point for sure, because you had to i mean if you got if your radio went off and you got all yeah, run we, and we, i had to go didn't matter what your dad was in the middle of at that point right um but then in the time since then 
um, we have made runs and, uh, you know, every now and then we'll have a patient that the way they talk or something they've said or the situation they're in brings you back. Uh, like, I mean, it's like I'm looking at my dad, you yeah. know? Um, and at first those like really hit hard and I like, I'd have to kind of take a minute and pull myself together and, you know, it was like a chew the inside of your lip to try to keep the tears from welling up because dear lord don't let me start crying in the middle of a run like i'll hit the bathroom as soon as i drop them off but um but now i feel i guess grateful for all of that because which i don't know maybe sounds weird to say um now that i've said it out loud but like to be very specific we had a patient um several months ago and we haven't made him since and i don't know what the end of his story was or what has happened since, since we then. made him. But we made him um, at least, I guess we made him twice in two or three weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and really reminded me of dad, like um, just the way he and I talked to each other and he was a cancer patient. Um, wife was trying to help take care of him at home. Um, just so many things of, um, so many similarities. <clears throat> yeah, so much of their story hit home for me. Um, and you could just tell the last time we took him that he really, he wasn't doing as well as they probably thought he was and had hoped he was. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like because of everything that I did, that we went through with Dad, I was able to better help him and better talk to his family than I ever would have been before when I didn't have any clue what that was like. Right. You know, um, I feel like I can be more empathetic now. I can be more like sympathetic. I can, you know, I put an arm around you. I can touch your arm and and be there for family in the same sense of, Hey, listen, this is going to be okay. You did the right thing. Mm -hmm. You know, um, but in the same token, you're also able, even if it stays with you for a little bit, you don't carry those burdens and those feelings with you yeah. indefinitely. No, and I almost, in I guess maybe in some weird way, like, it's kind of healing and cathartic. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like... It's, it always feels good to be able to sense, use... Like, well, it gives purpose to our experiences, right? Yeah. And it <clears throat> it's, it's nice to be able to see sometimes that we're at the other side of it. Not that we're ever not over it, but like, right. But that you've healed or have yes. grown. Yes. That it wasn't just tragic and useless. And, I guess. and again, that, that it wasn't useless, right? That your experience and your growth through that experience in your own life is now able to shift somebody else's story in that moment for yeah. them, right? That you're able to now walk them through it. And so, well, so there's an example, right, of how sometimes we compartmentalize, but is, do we always, but we don't, we? well, but we don't always want to do that because right. to some extent, especially in those fields of personal service, right, we have to let those lives trickle into each other so that we can truly do that individual service. Yeah. Now, that being said, you obviously have to, like, set up your boundaries, right? And not let it go too far, not get 
I don't want to say not personally invested, but you know well, what I mean? Like, you're not going to but invest. But that's why I, I mean, that's probably why I'm in EMS versus a floor on a hospital. Like, I, I would not be ideal for coming in and seeing the same patient for 12 hours for two months. Because you truly do have a personal investment. Yeah, I mean, look, folks, I get invested with people for 20 minutes, okay? Like, <laughs> I mean... Like, that guy, we, you know, by the time I dropped him off at the hospital, like, we were buds. We need to get our nurses in here. I mean, like, I, like, literally we drive by his street a couple times a week, and every time we do, I think, I really want to stop by and knock on their door and say, hey, I'm just wondering, how are y'all doing? (laughs) But then I think, how out of bounds is that, right? Right. Like, right. That's because where you do I, have to compartmentalize, right? right? Like, you can't do that. Because I don't know what happened, and, like, that's probably... Well... <sighs> and even so... It's not... Don't, it's... Well, it's done, and you've processed it, or maybe that would be part of your process, but if they're already done with it and moved on... <laughs> right. What are you reopening there, yeah. or... <laughs> Why are you showing up here, little blonde girl? It's so crazy to think, like... But Even yeah. just having a conversation with somebody, like, I could totally open a wound in you and not even know it because I'm trying to, like, process my own stuff. Yeah. But I guess that's where well, so, friendships and relationships and all those tools are helpful. So in talking about compartmentalizing for just a minute, I'm going to try to do the entire um, public service population a favor here. Um, if you are non-public service, non-healthcare and you're listening to this, please, please, don't ever just in a conversation, especially with someone that you have just met, um, start out by asking us, what's the worst thing we've ever seen? Or, hey, tell me about the worst call you've ever made. Um, Because chances are, you don't really want to hear about it, and we just don't want to talk about it. Right? Like, I don't need to relive the worst call I've ever made. I've probably done really good at processing it, moving on, and living with it as part of my story and and growing from there. Um, But for whatever reason, that seems to be the thing that everybody wants to ask you. Oh, so you're a paramedic? Tell me about your worst. I bet you see all kind of stuff. Tell me about the worst thing you've seen. Well, and that's what our, no, our look, husbands friends, get that too, right? Yeah, I mean, like, you, you don't want to know. Yeah. Because I'm telling you, like, if I if I started describing it, you're going to run for the bathroom vomiting, or you're going to have such a horrified look on your face that you're going to wonder how I can walk around upright and, sure. and be standing here talking to you. Well, but I think that's just a difference, too, in, like, what what somebody might imagine is a bad day for them right. might be a drop in the bucket just because you're used to dealing with it. But, like, yeah. people's imaginations just well, don't necessarily go that far. Whatever you think Hollywood does for the gory car wreck scene, like... It's not as it's beautiful as not they what it you've, I mean, that... It, beautiful. I don't mean beautiful, yeah, but it's not as clean and clear cut as... No, I mean, it's, it's... it's They glam it up. That's what it is, you know? Yeah. And, um... But, yeah, I mean, for whatever reason, that's what people want to ask you. And it's like, dude, there's... What you tell me about... Ask me about somebody that I've made a difference for. Yeah. Ask me about my most memorable, you know? Ask me about one that stands out or... Right. Um, I mean, 
I've got a lot that stand out for really, for really cool reasons, right? Yeah. Like, well, and sometimes I think we, sometimes I think that we want to tell the worst stories, right? Like everybody's got their awful childbirth stories, <laughs> right? We don't have any problem airing like, <laughs> oh, you think your childbirth story was bad? <laughs> Let me tell you what happened to me. But then, how many times seriously? Well, but at the at the end, there's always a happy ending because right. I had a baby. Well, there's usually a happy ending, right? I mean, but. How many times, now that you say that, nobody ever says to you, no matter no matter what you're doing, whether you're at home or at work, how often is it that people say, hey, tell me something that really made a difference in your day, yeah. right? Like, we say something real generic, like, hey, you okay? Or, right. hey, how was your day? Right. And then it's up to you to, like, word vomit or not, but... Right. Man, maybe we need to start a new trend and right. just, hey, tell me about something that really impacted you today. What was good today? today? What was good today? Have... Right. What, what sucked today? Right. Because <laughs> chances are there was probably one of each that happened. Right. Because I and... do that to my kids. You know, if they right. come home from school when school's a thing and their answer is, <laughs> school? I don't, you know, how was your day? I don't know. Well, what did you do today? <laughs> I don't know. Well, I'm going to be more specific then. And I do ask them. I said, well, what was your favorite part of the day? Right. What was the worst part of the day? Right. What was your favorite food that you ate today? Tell me something you learned today, yeah. Right. Like, I will get super specific. So why don't we do that to adults? Right. Let's do it. Because nobody ever asked me what my third favorite dinosaur was. (laughs) What is it, Abby? What's your third favorite dinosaur? Stegosaurus. What is your first and second favorite? Brachiosaurus. And Triceratops. You can tell that she's a boy mom and I'm a girl mom. <laughs> Someday I'll name all the My Little Ponies for I mean, you. <laughs> T-Rex is cool, but only because he has a big head. And little arms. You're so funny. And then <laughs> no, we probably need to wrap this up because if you all are still listening, you've been with us like way longer than we anticipated. Right. Sorry about that. But thanks for hanging out because this is, I think this has been a really good one. Like, I mean, we clearly needed to talk about this today. So. Right. <laughs> Um, but no, good, this is good stuff. Um, and, and I, I know we promised you a special guest star, but. They're coming. They are coming. And We're then lining life, them up. Life, life, life happened been... and we just needed to, we just needed to yeah. have an extra time to talk. Well, that so. and Jen's getting ready to go to the beach uh-huh. and leaving me here. For an extra um, day even. I'm I so sorry, but I'm not, I'm sorry, she's not, not sorry. Um, but she's leaving to go to the beach. So we're going to get our schedules lined up with some of our guests. Um, so those will be coming. Uh, stay tuned for that. I will post on Facebook. Um, I'll link up to um, Dr. Glenn that I mentioned. Like I said, she's awesome. She's on Facebook. She posts all kind of cool stuff. Um, she's also got some really cool books out. Like I said, um, she's got one that is specific to first responders and then one that is actually meant for their families. Oh, cool. Um, which I haven't read yet, but I can only imagine is amazing because the one sure. that was four first responders was um, really good. Uh, as someone who's been in this, like, literally for over half their life, I got so much out of that book. Um, and I think, sometimes I think that I probably don't need, um, like, family resources because I'm also in this, but I... I but it's a different... It's different. It's yeah. a different support. It is. Um, so I plan on picking up her um, family book to kind of check that out, too. Um, but I'll link to her page, um, on our Facebook page so you can check her out as always. Um, give us a shout out. Um, if you got questions, you can reach us on Facebook. Um, you can also reach us at shifting our stories at yahoo.com. Mm-hmm. Um, all good things. Okay. All good things. Yay. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
So I think that's it. Um, holler at us if you got anything, and uh, we'll catch you on the next one. We'll see you later. See ya.